0: Welcome to the latest and greatest episode of My Head Hurts.
1: Both of us are brain fried. We are on one today. We talk about
0: attachment theory. And we talk about attachment yeah. styles. <laughs> that's, all. That's, that's all. That's all. That's, that's all we wrote. That Except we didn't write wrote. because we support the writers strike. <laughs> because we
1: support the writers Not be even writing a description of the show in support, in solidarity with the writers. I will not be writing a single email until the writers have their demands met.
0: Strap in. We hope this makes sense.
1: Okay. So I guess we'll get into it. I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's ride. Uh, what's What's been up? What's been going on on the other side of the world? Um, Not, well, I went to Netherlands. Um,
1: to yeah, the Netherlands, I saw. Which was so fun. Which was so What'd beautiful. You do? Um, we went like an hour north of Amsterdam, seeing this, little town called Alkmaar where there was just like old German tourists and us. And it was really like this such a cute city, lots of cute shops, lots of nice Dutch people and bikes. And we biked around to see the tulips and go to the sea and see the dunes by the sea. And it was just so idyllic honestly it was that's so I, nice. I have to recommend holland to anyone who's curious we spent a day in amsterdam it was great
0: lovely okay wait i do have a question mm-hmm. what are the political implications of holland
1: <laughs> oh you mean like the word holland versus netherlands
0: yeah What's the difference? Or
1: or are you talking about, like, what the politics of the prime minister or president of the <laughs> no,
0: Netherlands? Because no, no.
1: I'm not going to be able to answer that. <laughs> the, only thing, the only thing I think about, like, I think Holland is, like, an old term to reference the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that. I also know that the part that we were in, like, the district overall is called North Holland, which is – the north part okay. of Holland. I <laughs> so Interesting. that's that's a great question that I didn't do any research on before I went. Uh why is it called Holland? Um <laughs> It's okay. Woodland or knew. wooded land. Netherlands means low-lying country, and the name Holland comes from wooded land. Um was was originally given to the one of the medieval cores of what later became the modern state and is still used for two of its 12 provinces. Yeah, so it used the whole part used to be Holland. Now only two provinces go by the name of Holland and the whole thing is the Netherlands. Okay.
0: Every day is a school
1: day. Yeah. If you're yeah. curious like <laughs> okay, us. <fun. laughs> yeah.
0: That sounds what like such you? a when lovely did... getaway.
1: It it was such a lovely
0: getaway. Yeah. What's
1: going on with Stunning. you?
0: Stunning. Um, slightly less fun thing. Um I'm no longer a mom. Sad, My dog passed away. Sad, um baby, I know we just got um some flowers from I don't even know how they knew that our dog passed away, but like the company that we would order dog stuff from I don't know knowing my mom she probably told them but um
1: (laughs) (laughs) that is so sweet and sad at the same time
0: yeah yeah it's I mean she was really sick like that poor dog really was quite ill yeah but besides that it's been really sunny here which is nice oh I went to New York did have I mentioned that I don't remember if I've mentioned that wait you went like on
1: a second trip to New York or no.
0: Just did one- I already <laughs> talk about the one trip? Oh yeah. <laughs> like the days truly all mesh together because they're all yeah, kind of the same. The same. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Okay. Um <laughs> Yeah. I'm nothing much is going it. on. Not much is um, going on. Yes. Greg comes on Monday though, so <gasps> That's something. He's There's definitely Looking forward to it. I think I'm gonna take him to the zoo. I think he wants to go to the zoo, and we'll do some hikes. Mm-hmm. And we're going to L.A. If you have any L.A. recs from when you were there, with
1: yeah, let me your let me do some partner thinking, and I will, I will, I can give you some recommendations.
0: Thank you. I would appreciate that. I feel like I used to go to L.A. so much more in high school and college, and then now I'm like. Don't know what's cool, don't know what's good, but we'll go figure it out. He wants to go see Danny DeVito's star and DJ Khaled's Fun. star. Great, yes, yeah, I'm all for it. I'm no. All for it, you know. Actually, one of the things that I have done is watch um John Mulaney's new special, Baby yes. J.
1: John Mulaney's that's new special. Been, that's I did been a watch highlight. that like this as soon as it came out. I watched it.
0: What did you think?
1: I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It had it it was interesting because it was at the same time sort of a departure from John Mullaney's typical stand up while also being mm-hmm. very John Mullaney flavored, but mm-hmm. quite interesting to have someone recount basically the lowest moment of their lives on stage and and very humorously. Uh, yeah. I yeah. enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I don't have a lot of deep thoughts on it, but there were some really <laughs> poignant quotes from it. I thought it was entertaining,
0: as John Mulaney always is. Um, yeah, you think? I agree. I think it's so interesting because he had such a bad reputation before this, um, not because of going to rehab, but because of leaving his wife and cheating mm-hmm. on his wife and then After years of talking about not wanting kids, having a kid with the woman that he cheated Mm -hmm. on his wife with. And so I was kind of like, oh, I'm not really in the mood to like watch this. Like what are his jokes going to be about? Like whatever. Mm -hmm. I was hooked from the word go instantly. I was so – Intrigued, I was taken on such a roller coaster. He owned up to his mistakes in such a humorous way. He yeah. yeah, it was it was beyond what I could have expected from him. And like, like you said, it was so vulnerable, but you didn't think it was vulnerable until afterwards. You were like, Oh shit, he was like in rehab yeah. for drug addiction. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he Honestly, the way that he f- phrases it, I feel like it was probably really good for addiction stigma. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I was I was gonna say I feel like probably a lot
1: of people in recovery can see themselves in his story and in his recounting of it. Obviously, he has uh, added thing of being a celebrity and having you know a very public persona, but really, uh mental illness is is sort of the great equalizer in the sense that it's a shared thing no matter where you're from. You know what I mean? Everyone can uh,
0: can be affected by addiction, so. Definitely. And I thought the funniest part of the special was when he was like, I thought I was worried that going into rehab, everyone would know who I was, but then I went to rehab and no one knew who I was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, poor John. Poor John. <laughs> poor John. He just he needs attention like the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> but, I also thought it was so funny. I don't remember exactly what he said, but when he opened, he was kind of like this this special is going to be a little bit different. Like before I mm-hmm. used to be so high energy. Mm-hmm. Now it makes sense why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh He just is so good at owning it. And I, yeah, back on the John Mulaney train. Yeah,
1: yeah, I enjoy it. I hope
0: his ex-wife is doing well, but... Oh, also his dog passed away. (gasps) No, Petunia. Yeah, Petunia and Lola, I think, are best friends now. Are enjoying
1: it in doggy heaven.
0: Yeah, they're living it up. Babies.
1: Um, Speaking of... Uh, streaming services. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it was it was on a streaming service. Um, <laughs> the writers strike. Yeah. Thoughts.
0: <laughs> prayers. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> um, Truly, I saw Pete Davidson was handing out pizza at the writers' strike. Excellent.
1: I saw I guess I I'm on like old people side of uh of 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 social media because I saw like Jay Leno giving out donuts. So <laughs> we're on the two opposite ends.
0: <laughs> Inside you are two wolves, Pete Davidson handing out pizza and Jay Leno handing out donuts. Oh. <laughs> um, do you feel like wolves <laughs> just that was really funny? Oh, Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Wow, that was such a compliment. She's going again. (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna chill out. That was funny. Um, um, (laughs) do you have any more? The writers, the writers. Yeah. Well, um.
1: I've been trying to keep like somewhat up to date on the writer's strike, the demands, the, the whole backstory. And honestly, it's, it's a pretty, um, there's, I mean, there's a long, there's a long history, but I, the main takeaway that I got from it, because there's a lot of different narratives and there's obviously different people have different motivations for what they want. And there's a long list of demands. But what I thought was interesting is mainly this kind of um, steady shift towards shorter and shorter seasons where I think that's going to be hard um, because it affects the writers a lot. And it's not that we're ever going to be able to go back to shows with like 24 episodes a season. I mean, not to say never, but... I think a big part of the crisis is because stars want to do shorter engagements. So, um, and probably uh, studios don't want to take risk on longer seasons. So what you're seeing instead of, you know, 20 episodes a season, maybe six or seven or eight episodes for a lot of these seasons. Yeah, and so yeah. it sort of makes the writers in a more pre- precarious place uh, simply because they have less work to do on a particular season, and so yeah. yeah, it's it just it sucks because there are definitely solutions, and I think that I I mean I'm sure that some of the writers' demands will be met, um, and rightfully so. But there are kind of what what I see as almost irrevocable shifts towards a different style of how we make TV and move movies. I don't know about as much because. Um, I'm looking more at like the TV side of yeah. where sh- yeah. seasons are becoming shorter. And I don't know. Why are they-
0: seasons becoming shorter?
1: Does so it have I'm anything to. It, they're taking a Sorry. chance on more shows, but that means that they're doing less uh, shorter seasons, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, that does. I'm just wondering if it has anything to do with how we consume. TV now since it well, yeah. I feel like there's a definitely. shift towards binging rather mm-hmm. than watching an episode a week definitely Um oh speaking of which I actually do you watch Vanderpump Rules? You know
1: what I don't but I've heard a lot about it
0: <laughs> I've been watching Vanderpump Rules for a few years now mm-hmm. And I binged it. And then, of course, now the drama is getting really popular. So the show is getting really popular again. Because it was kind Wait, of bad Why is the drama for,
1: getting popular? I
0: it don't might know. but So the drama is like basically this girl was engaged to someone and then broke off her engagement and then got involved with two guys on the show, one of which was in a 10-year relationship with another girl on the show. It's just wow. it, it's very scandalous drama, and it got very big, and so the show is gaining popularity again. And I'm like, I don't know. I personally am finding myself shifting back into watching episodes a week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This was so tangential, but I could, I could go, go on about it. Vanderpump Rules. Um, but I guess back to the writers' strike with this shift, I I, I just don't really know how that um, sector of the world works, you know. I'm such a blind consumer of their work. Yeah. <laughs> so I just don't – I'm curious as to how societal shifts influence the precarity of their jobs and their job security. I do feel like a lot of actors and um, TV personalities are showing support, which is really nice. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It is. It is all – I mean – it's all linked because, right, like the um, there's a director's uh, union and actor's union like meetings coming up. And so the writers affects all of them, you know, so so it's it's yeah. it's a pretty intertwined ecosystem. So I'm not surprised that they're in support of getting the writers demands met and ending the strike yeah. as soon as possible.
0: Yeah, yeah yeah SNL's been postponed and like other late yeah. night shows all the all the, all the, all the late night stopping. shows
1: are the are the first affected yeah, yeah
0: makes sense
1: cool <laughs> yeah unfortunately if, if any I'm trying to think of anyone in my life is I don't know any writers uh, in Hollywood no personally neither do I I think so I can't
0: say but if you're a writer out there you have our support <laughs> yeah Give the writers Sport what they for want for the WGA. Yeah. yeah. Um.
1: Well, that has nothing to do with our psychology topic of the day. But no. shall we? But shall we begin? Let's move on. Wait, wait, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Let's not move on. First, I have okay. another show that I've been binge watching that I don't know if I even recommend, but I think you would like it. Um. Just it's it's quite. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> so- what? No, it's just very heavy, but it's called Couples Therapy and it's literally a reality show about couples therapy. And it's so uh it's 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 very intimate and all these people come from not all, but a lot of them come from very uh like neglectful childhoods or like or, or ah. just extenuating circumstances. Um, right. which is probably why they're, you know, trying to make their relationships, foster foster healthy relationships yeah. with their partners. But it's really interesting. And the most recent season um, is covering a lot about like monogamy and non-monogamy and cheating and, you know, all that stuff. And interesting. It's, it's really, um, it's an interesting show, but sometimes you get really like, angry at the characters you know, or not characters human beings but it's you know it's yeah. like heavy you're like wow uh you were really messed up as a child and now you're berating your partner and that's just kind of how things end up going
0: oh yeah i think i've heard of it is it on amazon prime it's on showtime oh maybe i haven't heard of it um but yeah i think when you watch People have therapy, you forget how much distance you have from the situation and how mm-hmm. much of an aerial perspective you get. so it is yeah. so frustrating to be like, "I see exactly what you're doing, but you're not seeing it, so this is really tough <laughs> but the interest
1: yeah, and the interesting thing is you see not just the couples having therapy, but you also see the practitioner. she goes to her um what do you call it clinical advisor and talks with her clinical advisor about like what's going on with the with the couples that she's dealing with and i think there's also like a group um where she goes into a group of other therapists and they you know yeah. kind of talk about their case studies um but it's it's fascinating i mean it's That's it's cool. a well-made show that is what i will say cool um and with that that actually a is segue. a good segue yeah, yeah. <laughs> into um attachment theory
0: exactly like you were talking about it talks about these people's childhoods and their experiences as a young person and we want to dive into talking about that and how that affects our relationships Mm -hmm. not like our relationships like (laughs) (laughs) our intimate relationships with our partners great (laughs) (laughs) um but our like platonic, our familial, mm-hmm. our – I don't know. All of all of the people who we connect with regularly. Yeah. Um, you know what? I don't – So – Go on. <laughs> no, please tell me. What don't you? <laughs> Honestly, I don't remember
1: learning a ton about attachment theory. I remember it, we went over it in, you know, Psych 101 – but I didn't ever do um, child development as a as a as a class. Um, neither did I do the psychology of relationships, which I think we had a psychology of relationships offered yeah, I think at we Scripps. Did. But I did not do either of those. I was really on like the social sociology kind of side of it, so I didn't focus a lot on on development um, and attachment. But it's been interesting to go back and read about it because it's just one of those things that I think has gotten blown up in pop culture. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I feel like, I don't know, 2020 to 2021, everyone was talking about what's your attachment style. This is my attachment style what what your yeah. what your attachment style says about you it was like astrology, but for psychology you know
0: and <laughs> it did. it did really blow up,
1: yeah, and so i I thought it was it would be a good idea to like demystify it a little bit and talk about our thoughts because attachment theory is something that um was developed I believe in the sixties if I'm correct late fifties sorry and It was originally focused on studying like infants and children uh, and looking at their attachment to their primary caretaker, which in all of these studies obviously was uh, their mother. Mm -hmm. And they kind of made an experiment with children called the – what's it called? The strange situation where they introduced a stranger uh, and had the mother leave and then come back. And they wanted to observe how – Children would react. And eventually, they kind of grouped this into sort of four categories where they exist a bit on a spectrum, but you have the secure attachments where uh, children would welcome back their mother with, like, you know, gratitude that their mother was back and just being happy and, um, Feeling like, oh, she was gone, but now she's back, and we're all we're all good, and that is kind of a model of um, like a positive model of self and a low avoidance. Um, and then there were children who are anxiously attached, who, when the mother returned from being gone, would sort of uh, not be able to connect with her immediately because they had been. So anxious during that period of separation, and so is that they have
0: yeah wait, sorry, the inability to reattach mm-hmm. what does that look like because to me that sounds more like the the next one that I think you're gonna talk
1: more avoidant anxious, yeah. I think is more just um, let me see, um,
0: I thought I think. From what I remember, anxious is the kids would cry. And yeah. And they was would remain say, they, they upset. They
1: would cry, but also they yeah, they would be um they would still be disturbed upon her return. I mean, all of them would kind of have, have different reactions. Um, yeah. but an anxious attachment would be like very upset during the period of separation and sort of unconsolable upon return. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um And then the other two styles, they're more on the high avoidance side. And so there's avoidant and fearful, or I think they call it disorganized. They call it either fearful or disorganized. And with avoidant, um, they don't really show distress during separation. So the mother leaves the room, they're with a stranger, they're not crying. They're just, you know, they've just accepted the situation as it is. Uh, And when the, caretaker returns they're' kind of giving them the cold shoulder because they regardless of of what that necessarily means in this relationship when there's distress they tend to avoid and then the last is disorganized or fearful which is kind of a mix of the three because this is one that they kind of couldn't predict. The child's response, whether they would be happy and then stop themselves and then be avoidant, or be crying and then start being avoidant, uh, and this they said was kind of why they call it disorganized, and it's like avoidant and also uh, with sort of a negative model of of self as well. Yeah. So the, those are what the I four. was gonna say is yeah.
0: I think recently disorganized has kind of been relabeled as anxious avoidant Uh, but I think some people also classify anxious avoidant as its own thing yeah Um, as somewhere in as as you said it's kind of a spectrum so kind of yeah between anxious and avoidant but
1: yeah it's one of those things where you know like the scale like even the um there's a political scale that's like uh shit it's like left versus right and libertarian
0: versus um, oh yeah it's like an x y authoritarian
1: yeah yeah and so you can either fall into like your authoritarian left or authoritarian right your libertarian left or libertarian right right those quadrants but you kind of fall at a pinpoint within those on the x y axis and so i think that's similar with attachment styles for sure
0: and it's possible to change throughout your life and move Mm -hmm. more towards one move more towards Mm -hmm. the other but ultimately it kind of does have foundation in your childhood and your early experiences Mm -hmm. and um, I guess that's quite a psychoanalytic way to view it but I think it's quite a psychoanalytic topic It is by nature
1: yeah and the studies have shown I think exactly what you said where I want to say roughly 60 to 70 percent will carry some of their predominant attachment style from youth into adulthood. But the other, you know, 30 to 40 percent do change their attachment style from childhood to adulthood. And it depends on the partners you choose, because, yeah, you can have one attachment and become either more secure or more avoidant or more anxious depending on who you're with so that's why i think it's interesting as a model because we have personality models as well but they're a little bit more fixed where they change less so based on the
0: situation
1: and this one yeah i think they're hugely
0: i i do think attachment and personality are a bit distinct Mm -hmm. from each other obviously I think they have influence but as concepts attachment originates from such a young age that I think Mm -hmm. it's almost like genetic disposition and genetic vulnerabilities in conjunction with environment in conjunction with parenting style like there's just so much influence over it Mm -hmm. that I'm not really sure I don't know if personality specialists would agree with that but that's kind of what I've understood from what I've learned Mm -hmm. and yeah I mostly learned about attachment style in my master's course I didn't really learn about it that much um oh actually I learned a little bit about it in France (laughs) in social psych in France but um yeah I I learned about development as a precursor for later disorder onset. So it's a bit Mm -hmm. different. Um, But I think it is interesting that there was kind of a boom in attachment style discourse in the pandemic years because Mm -hmm. I think that's really when we were reflecting on our relationships. And I think there was such a rise in anxiety at that point and also Mm -hmm. Speaking personally, I think there was a rise in fixation and an anxious attachment to whatever I was fixating on because I needed it for to not feel bored, if that makes sense. And it wasn't just like with people. It was almost like an anxious attachment to everything (laughs) because it was Mm -hmm. so boring to exist at that time. Yeah, I definitely think that people were looking
1: more closely at their – relationships during pandemic because when you're with someone in close quarters, you recognize patterns or or you fall into patterns more readily than you would in the outside world when you're interacting less with, with the people um, in your life. So I think that's quite interesting. I – don't exactly know what I think about this theory because I also kind of <laughs> fell victim to the discourse. Like I was also thinking yeah. a lot about this subject during those times and mm-hmm. thinking about like how my relationships affected. Was I secure? Was I anxious? um just because I'm a person with like an anxious disposition, um, yeah, yet relatable. I don't think yeah, but I, I don't think I'm someone who is particularly of anxious attachment. Although I do think that faced with someone who is maybe avoidant, I could easily fall into a more anxious role, so yeah. to speak.
0: Um, yeah. But I, I don't know I,
1: I I haven't taken the there's a scale for it, the adult attachment scale. I haven't, taken yeah, it, so I don't know what category A would technically fall into,
0: yeah. But it makes sense, um, given that you have an anxious disposition, if you're put in if someone is kind of acting uncertain towards you, it makes sense mm-hmm. that your mind would naturally wander into anxiety territory and you would yeah. feel that you might present with some anxious attachment tendencies, yeah. Um, should we talk about what exactly it would present as as adults to be secure, oh, yeah. anxious, avoidant, anxious avoidant, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like sure, yeah. how do you feel an anxious attachment manifests or actually how do you feel an avoidant attachment manifests? Um
1: Yeah, I think avoidant is someone who sort of comes across with um, as stereotypical as it sounds, like if you have your walls up, you know, you don't Mm -hmm. let vulnerability um, show to the people who are your loved ones. I think that's a way to be avoidantly attached because you're doing what that, you know, the, ch- the children in the scenario where they come across as serene, like nothing affects them when their caretaker goes away. It's uh, kind of blocked emotions. And when the caretaker returns, it's also blocked emotions. I think that that can really manifest in people who are unable to kind of be their vulnerable selves or let emotions show. Yeah. I don't know if that's really comprehensive, but that's just what I would that's what I would guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. I asked you that because I wanted to know how you perceive an attachment style that you don't necessarily feel that you align with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's definitely not something I align with. (laughs) No. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of I I agree. Like the the quote unquote walls up. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it's perceived as more nonchalant mm-hmm. more they don't really care as much mm-hmm. not that that's true um, mm-hmm. but that's just kind of how they come across yeah a bit like care don't don't really doesn't seem like they care how quickly you respond to their texts or how much mm-hmm. you communicate with them or how emotionally mm-hmm. open you are with them etc etc cetera. Et cetera.
1: Yeah. So then then I'll ask you the question. Uh, what do you think uh, a disorganized or fearful attachment looks like? Cause I don't know. I don't think I know. Um, I'm trying to think of the, the what I've been watching in couples therapy because I feel like all of them have really like disordered attachment. and So, yeah, <laughs> I think
0: like, um, hmm. let me let me Google it. Um, <laughs> Really quickly, <laughs> I'm. I'm just trying to see.
1: I mean, I think a disorganized <laughs> attachment is someone who's not predictable. You know, you don't know whether they're going to have an emotional outburst or whether they're going to do the sort of stonewalling where they they give yes. you the cold shoulder. Um, I would say that's probably what a fearful or disorganized attachment looks like. Um,
0: yes, because that sounds right. It's
1: people who, when they were you know, potentially, potentially not always, but, um, if they're carrying on an attachment style from youth, someone who would try to get the correct, um, reaction, try to get, um, like care from their caretaker by reacting in a variety of different ways, just to try to see what, what worked, you know, and that could be because yeah. their caretaker was unreliable. It could be just because that was their disposition. It could be, be because of a variety of reasons. But if they carry that on from youth to adulthood, it could look like emotional outbursts at times, uh cold shoulder at other times. Um,
0: yeah. I could also anxious. see it being like people who kind of give and then take away almost mm-hmm, or yeah. like like people who I don't know if this would be more anxious avoidant or some, some there, somewhere else on the the scale but people who like might be very emotionally open and then mm-hmm. feel vulnerable and then retract
1: mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, yeah
0: that kind of gives me disorganized but yeah I don't know that much does. about it if I'm honest I think yours sounds more correct of like unpredictable reactions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like Yeah. You don't know if they're going to be angry or if they're going to be – if they're going to cry or – I don't know. Yeah. 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 What do you think a secure attachment looks like in adulthood?
1: I think – I'm thinking about like the absence of things. You know what I mean? Because once again – because I've been watching couples therapy. I see these people that have for whatever reason in their relationship – they have sort of a lack of communication. And oftentimes it does end up in being like jealousy. Like, I don't trust this person whenever they're out. If they don't respond to my text immediately, they're cheating in my mind, you know? And I would say that the opposite of that is a secure attachment where you can let your partner live their life and partner or partners, and you don't think that it reflects... On you, you don't get that sort of um, separation anxiety as yeah. a result. You understand that a partner will have moods, a partner is a human, and that they are still choosing to be with you. So yeah, the security in knowing that allows you to be emotionally vulnerable, let them see your emotions um, without sort of avoiding or becoming overreactive.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And I think it's, it demonstrates a maturity in processing your own emotions and processing other people's emotions. And Mm -hmm. you can still be emotional, but it's Mm -hmm. not, I don't want to use the word manipulative, but it's not reactionary, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And if
1: and it's not um sort of I'm struggling to figure out how to how to word this because you often see people who really believe in their own narrative so deeply that it's very hard for them to see an objective truth, you know? Yeah. So, if they're not trustful, they're going to have confirmation bias that anything that their partner does that's a little bit shady that just reaffirms how distrustful they are or yeah. Um, yeah. you know they're they're prone to you know being upset with their partner for one reason or not um, yeah. and anything that that partner does is sort of triggering and so it 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 ends up in a
0: reactionary um, response yeah and I mean, The attachment and everything comes from such intrinsic beliefs and fundamental beliefs about yourself that often start developing at such a young age. Mm -hmm. So beliefs about yourself
1: and beliefs about how relationships work too.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's just so, it can be so enveloping and so yeah, it it. I think you were saying something about how it's hard to see beyond your beliefs, and mm-hmm. of course it is if that's all you've ever known. Mm-hmm. Um, But that's also why you can change your attachment style and why you can work on it is because you can target those core beliefs that are giving rise to feeling anxious or feeling avoidant. So the last one is avoidant. Uh mm-hmm. Okay. Wait. Did
1: we, no, no, we the did last disorganize. one is disorganized. Last one is anxious. We did avoidant, then we did oh. disorganized. We haven't done anxious.
0: <laughs> Look at me being avoidant. We, <laughs> <laughs> we should
1: be aware of what anxious attachment looks like. I feel like both of us are not actually anxiously attached, but
0: uh anxious oh, leaning. <laughs> I I'm straight up Anxiously attached.
1: Okay, in um, this, what does an anxious
0: attachment look like? It's kind of just... <laughs> I don't know why I cannot speak today. I was so eloquent in my job interview earlier, and I think that I just left it all there. Um, my experience with anxious attachment is just kind of catastrophizing assuming the worst about every situation, Mm -hmm. not being able to view things rationally and Mm -hmm. in response to that latching on Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and finding it difficult to really connect with my feelings and what I am thinking and experiencing. Instead, Mm -hmm. just putting all of my energy into trying to figure out (laughs) what's going on and Mm -hmm. try and obviously kind of assuming the worst at all times at all times Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. Um, yeah anything to add
1: yeah I think another thing when I was reading about it it did strike a little bit true for me because being just someone who leans towards anxiety at times when things start to go wrong or when in in my mind right like if there's conflict and sometimes the conflict is necessary or mm-hmm. it's relatively innocuous um the more innocuous conflict i i don't react anxiously to anymore but mm-hmm. i will say in the past whenever things started to get shaken up like i i felt that there was conflict I would enter a space where in my own head I was sort of unconsolable, uh, which I think is is what anxious attachment is all about. Once there's been a point where you feel there's a separation, there's almost no way to resolve that for yourself. And so then you get into a cycle of I feel separated from this person and I can't ever reach them and so you end yeah. up trying to control the situation or uh you know stereotypical Sexy, but like become sport. clingy or yeah um or even uh start sort of acting out in in the sense of oh well if this person's not going to provide me attention I'll seek it elsewhere uh that's been my experience with with anxious yeah. attachment you um, phrase
0: that really well I think mm-hmm. I definitely am prone to anxious attachment i have a fundamental or i used to have a fundamental belief that um, everyone leaves me nothing lasts Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: and i've been in therapy for it and i've worked on it and I used to think tell me wait, that... tell
1: me what that looked like, like with your didn't did i'm I'm sure you probably didn't go particularly for the issue of anxious attachment, but I'm curious, like what the what a clinician's response to someone who is um, generally more anxious in relationships potentially anxiously attached looks like
0: it was targeting the fundamental beliefs I have uh, let me see if I can find. She gave me like worksheets. Love. Um, I have my therapy book that I haven't touched in a year, I think. But it was it was kind of CBT-esque of like mm-hmm. what are your thoughts about mm-hmm. this situation? Um, what are the facts? Mm-hmm. Um Um. Oh, threat assessment. Assessing the threat of like, okay, if this person does leave you, what's gonna happen? I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I could talk more about it. I can't find it, but no, no, it
1: was that, that's answering my question.
0: <laughs> oh, great. The issue is, I thought I got. Oh, she also recommended the book attached which has become very popular recently, I forget who it's by, Um, to learn more about the other attachment styles and whatnot. I think reading attached really helped me. Mm -hmm. The issue is, oh, also taking a break from dating in general helped me a lot. And I think I talked Mm -hmm. about that with my therapist quite a bit. (laughs) My issue is, is that I went... I thought I was secure because I was confident. I was like willing to walk away from things that didn't serve me. Whereas mm-hmm. before, oh, another thing we did was pinpoint like what my anxious behaviors look like in anxious mm-hmm. attachment. Mm-hmm. Um, like checking my phone constantly, checking their social media constantly, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Talking about it all the time, bringing it up in context where it doesn't need to be up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. up. Um, stuff like that. Anyway, I thought that I became, I, I was inching more towards secure attachment, but turns out I went completely off road <laughs> because, <laughs> and I got a bit avoidant. Um, because now, whenever I feel anxious, I don't, it, I can't, my first instinct is to run away and mm-hmm. the break walls things go off. Up. The yeah. walls go up, and like if you listen to some of our old episodes, where I'm like, "Oh, I'll end things immediately," like that's quite avoidant because it's mm-hmm. not in touch with my feelings. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I meant that with people who I was dating for sport, you know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> hunting for sport. <laughs> I was dating hunting them for, for sport, sport.
0: <laughs> um, but I'm definitely noticing now these feelings of um, moving towards avoidance and. Now is kind of where the real work comes in for me of moving to secure attachment, mm-hmm. which I think I am, but mm-hmm. I, I, it feels like I've been around the block like <laughs> with all of them. <laughs> all yeah, funny. yeah. But I just think done it a all circle, and hopefully, you'll yeah end up back yeah. secure. <laughs> yeah, it all definitely like my resting state is anxious. It's just how I cope with that anxiety, which I think also can be secure. Like, I think people don't realize that just because you have anxiety doesn't mean that you have anxious attachment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Your your needs might not be being met. Like, yeah. you, something might be, you might be projecting, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. There's like a whole, I, I have no organized thoughts about this, but I think something that I learned is just because you feel anxious doesn't mean you're anxiously attached to that person.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. You could just be experiencing anxiety.
0: Yeah, what a concept. What a
1: concept. No, I think that – I I also think that something that – Also, I'm having a hard time forming. me. It's okay. It's late I for definitely, you.
0: I'm so sorry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I definitely think that – attachments can be learned in a way uh depending on who you're with i've definitely noticed like i talked about before where conflict anything that made me feel like my behaviors were being um critiqued or my way of thinking was being critiqued i'm doing something wrong or the other person's doing something wrong and there's no way mm-hmm. to escape and it starts an anxious spiral and now that i'm with my current partner, she's very, I think she's quite secure and she'll even remind me, she's like, just because we fight about one thing, like it's not the end of the world. Like we've resolved it. Like we're, we're definitely good at taking it subject and being like, okay, let's talk it over until we don't have anxious feelings surrounding it, you know? And so it's super healthy to, to have that influence and to think of, yeah, oh, I don't really have to constantly ruminate about this because we've dealt with it and there's been a bit of you know conflict is maybe a negative like a pejorative term for it but you know we've had a discussion about it we've had a moment of of disagreement and it's not the end of the world, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Definitely. And it's hard I think because arguing and not arguing, but conflict, Mm -hmm. I don't know. For me, it started at a young age where Mm -hmm. like obviously as a kid, your parents are going to tell you no, Mm -hmm. and that kind of brings up conflict. So something so fundamental and so youthful, if you don't really have the opportunity to learn how to manage it well, Mm it makes sense that it stays with you until adulthood or until you find someone who teaches you how to process it differently. Yeah, Um, definitely. definitely. I also was so conflict avoidant. And Mm -hmm. if I ever got into a fight with my friends, I would feel so anxious about it. Mm -hmm, mm Because a lot of the times for me, conflict meant stress and Mm -hmm. being perceived negatively. Yeah. And boy, can I not handle that.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I feel you there. I feel like <laughs> I also someone when I was thinking about this I I did start to think very like psychoanalytically because like you said it's a psychoanalytic concept and I was trying to think back to my early memories like do I remember having an avoidant uh or anxious attachment and it's it's hard to remember because these are things that are formed literally like in infancy like before you form memories and I have pretty right. early memories I start to, I remember things from when I was two years old but in any wow. case I don't remember okay. if I was <laughs> anxiously That's such or a not flex. I I well the thing is I went to school when I was two so I started to remember school you know mm-hmm. um but um that also sounds like a flex, but it's it's not a flex. I wasn't like in prior. It was just it was like it was it was yassified daycare. I
0: mean, like yassified daycare. Oh no, we can't use the term yassified. Wait, what? No, I just never mind. Okay. Cut that out.
1: I was I was gonna say like is yassified canceled or something because I've been using it for everything. <laughs> no, never mind. Right um, wait, so also, that. sidebar, sidebar. Um, I sent you this, this Snapchat, which uh, I shouldn't say that I sent. Oh, myself. I don't Snapchat.
0: use Snapchat anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've just been sending things into the void, then. I've been sending you all <laughs> sorts of stuff. Actually, wait, actually, Um, I
0: re-downloaded it a couple weeks ago just to see what was going on. And I had like 15 Snapchats from you and they were all so funny because they were all just like your random thoughts.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate
0: it. Um, But it is deleted again. It's the way
1: I keep in touch with like my the girls that I used to live with in college. We we have like a group chat instead of like having a group chat. Like we just have a group Snapchat. Snapchat. Anyway, um, <laughs> Esther, Esther was like, we need the whole thing. She needed to borrow a charger. And so she like at a restaurant, she like made up a story about losing the charger or something. Um, and I was like, that didn't happen. She's like, you know what? I just yesified the story. <laughs> that's that's great like whenever you lie, just I yesified the story. I yesified the story.
0: Okay, me, whenever I go to any appointment, everyone, they ask me about myself.
1: <laughs> Like just lie, just oh yeah, you're you're a queen of this. I forgot.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do yassify the stories from time to time, but not with um, not with like my close friends, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, with like strangers. who hasn't? Who hasn't done it? It's it's again. It's my it's the other sport I play. Yeah, lying. <laughs> yeah,
1: making up stories for the fun of it it's, an, it's called minutes. an
0: imagination
1: people. Yeah,
0: you should get one.
1: Um I don't even I don't really know remember. We I was I was on the topic of memories in school and
0: yeah. I don't You're know. Like my early I,
1: memories at 2 years old. <laughs> my early memories at 2 years old. The only thing I remember is I was I was a rageful child, which I'm sure we'll get it. Maybe we should do an episode on anger. I feel like I could write a book on it.
0: <laughs> you were rageful? I can't see that for you.
1: If, okay, everyone says this. Everyone says this, except for my family, who knows that I really went through like, I mean, the terrible twos, you know, times infinity. My parents bought a book that was called "A Child's Heart of Rage" because they were trying to understand why I was so angry.
0: Oh, but most did they ever get to the bottom of it? Yeah, I mean, they
1: actually at the at the kind of center of it was I was just hangry a lot,
0: like whenever I was. That is so relatable. Yeah, is- whenever
1: I was like yeah. hungry or sleepy or like any negative emotion was like rage, which honestly checks out.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was the same except with crying, but we've been through my mm-hmm. whole crying thing. So we yeah, we yeah. You were that. you were
1: a crier. I was a. Let me see if I can bite people and draw blood. You know, oh, different approaches, different approaches. Okay,
0: yeah, <laughs> I see. We would have been horrible together.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, what um, are our what are our final thoughts on attachment? I think it's interesting that it got so popular. I kind of wish mm. we had talked more about that. I mean, it's one of a, it's one of it's an example of people trying to understand themselves mm-hmm. and the people around them. And I think it also goes to show the emphasis people put on relationships Oh yeah. and yeah. how you relate to people. I also think it's, you know, we've talked about mostly attachment in relation, like romantic relationships, but mm-hmm. I also, this definitely extends to friendships for me.
1: Oh, it extends to every parents. relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Um. I think. Yeah. I don't know if I have any more thoughts. (laughs) I don't know if this is interesting. (laughs) I'm experiencing self doubt today. Probably because I didn't prepare. I literally did not prepare for this.
1: It's okay. I read two articles, so (laughs) (laughs) that's. More than I did.
0: Okay, no, but I'm just drawing from my acad- academic academic experience. Yeah, you
1: you have more, you you probably have more of a formation in this than I do.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> Sorry, I
1: can't.
0: Um well, we talked mostly about the role early life stress plays in mm-hmm. depression onset and the higher likelihood of experiencing a severe. Severe mental disorder if you've experienced mm-hmm. childhood trauma mm-hmm. um so what is categorized really. as,
1: it is severe mental disorder as in something that you would categorize on a scale as severe as in severe depression severe anxiety or is that like severe as in like um the by the type of of mental disorder such as uh like uh, cp ptsd or 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 Uh, 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 personality disorder
0: um the former because in my Mm. opinion like severe depression severe bipolar like yeah severe symptoms of those disorders but cptsd is inherently rooted in childhood trauma yeah um and yeah but i'm actually
1: i didn't know that because i i i I just assumed if it's 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 chronic PTSD, correct? Uh, PTSD? Complex. Complex. Oh, see, okay, so so okay, so well, At that least would make in sense. That
0: it...
1: No, I think it, I think you're right. I think it's complex. Um, anyway, we're getting off on a very are, wild, exactly. wildly it, topics.
0: All of this was to say that it, I feel like people should cut themselves a bit of slack because a lot of what they experience now in terms of their emotions are rooted in a lot of stuff that we can't change and we didn't have much control over because as kids, you really trust your caretakers to Mm -hmm. do their best. Of course, Mm -hmm. not every caretaker does their best. And Mm -hmm. of course, even the ones that do do their best, the human psyche is so difficult to navigate. And to be in charge of someone else's is Mm -hmm. so much pressure.
1: Definitely, definitely, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean that the positive takeaway is that um, it's something that's mutable. You know, it's not something mm-hmm. that you're destined. If if you had um, an upbringing that created, uh, let's say, an anxious or disorganized reaction, you're you're not mm-hmm. having a life sentence by any by any measure. It's something that. Yeah. Is probably going to change throughout your life, throughout your adulthood, throughout all the stages.
0: You know everything. Yeah, exactly, for sure. And yeah, there's proof. There's yeah, people have done it before. (laughs) They'll do it again. They'll do it again. They will indeed.
1: (laughs) Nice. Well, we Um... really shared one brain cell this 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 episode, didn't we?
0: yep (laughs) i hope it's entertaining you know even if no one learned anything i hope they had fun um have a wonderful day thanks for listening